children of God, I'm back. I'm back with episode 26, part 2 of what I started this morning. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. This is part 2. And again, let me just say, Happy New Year to you, children of God. I believe when I left off, we were talking about the gulf between parents and children. And let me just repeat that here we are, another decade, and that same wide gulf between parents and children still exists today. We're still looking sideways at each other. That gulf between you and your children has widened to a point where you've just agreed to disagree with no hope of mending the relationship. The Bible says in Psalm 127 and 3 that children are a heritage. Children are your reward. It says that children are a blessing, that they are a gift. So to make it plain and simple, if they are a gift to you, why do you treat them so badly? Parents, the Bible says that your children are like arrows in your mighty hand. And God has given you the awesome task of skillfully aiming them and releasing them out into the world so that they land on their feet, ready to conquer. But you were not careful in how you aimed them. You just randomly, carelessly release them out into the world and cause them to land on their face, on their backsides, and not on their feet. Cause them to land. Some of them landed in a deep, dark hole. And to this date, January the 1st, 2020, some of them are still struggling to dig out of that dark hole where you carelessly release them out into. So, my question to you, what are you going to do about your heritage? In 2020, what are you going to do about your children? Well, I have a question, another question. Are you that mad? Are you that disappointed? God is not pleased with unforgiveness in your heart. Against anyone, actually, but especially between families. It's time. It's high time that you lay the axe to the root of the tree 
And besides, who do you think you are that God's going to give you a pass to just cast off your family that he purposely, he intentionally placed you in that particular family? He didn't ask your permission, but he just did that for his good pleasure. And and I'm going to give you another scripture because our blessing is directly tied into your ability to forgive. The scripture is Mark 11. And, and we love to talk about faith. We love to, to rant and rave and tout about the fact that I have faith. I have faith in God. Of course I have faith in God. But let me just tell you what the Lord says in Mark 11. Um, I'm going to begin at verse number 24 because we kind of like that verse. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. That's why I said we like that verse because we like to believe that whatever we pray and ask God, if we believe it, He's going to do it. I'm going to read it one more time. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's correct. That's a fact. This, this, this right here is in red letters, God's word, Jesus' words. But now, here's the kicker. Verse number 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, now that includes your children as well. It includes your sisters, your brothers, your mother, your grandmother. It includes your your whole family. So that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I'm going to read that again. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses your trespasses if you do not forgive there is a penalty there is a consequence then he said if you don't want to forgive then I won't forgive either I won't forgive your trespasses and I kind of think that our trespasses are many I think we have a lot of stuff that we need him to forgive us for. Do the assessment in your life. For all of you that's carrying that root of bitterness, that bitterness bitterness has grown now to the thing has become a root, and it's bitter, it's bad, it's eating you alive. It has festered on the inside of you. Because you simply refuse to lay the axe 
to the root of that thing. You continue to allow it to get sunlight and grow and it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And it has now grown. God said, no, you don't get a pass. You don't get a pass. You don't get a pass for not talking to your family members. You don't get a pass. You don't get a pass for not aiming your children skillfully out into the world so that they would not have to struggle so hard to land back on their feet. Amen. Now I want to move on to this, the last part of the scripture about the wealth of the sinner. Because we kind of hung our head on that thing as well. That's Proverbs 13, 22. It talks about the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Well, again, I have to say the scriptures is right. Whatever the scripture says is right. The wealth of the sinner, which is an unjust person, is laid up for the just. But many of us miss the wealth because you need it to be righteous in order to get the wealth. That was a requirement for getting the wealth. You, you were not just going to take the sinner's money <laughs> just because he was a sinner. It required something of you. It says it's laid up for the just. Yes, it was laid up for you. But we failed to meet the requirements. Tell your own self, I failed to meet the requirements. Which was a lifestyle of righteous and just living. That's why this year, your theme for this year, for your own life has to be, create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit in me. Purpose in your heart that this year I'm not going to walk in that same old nasty spirit. I'm not going to walk in that same foul spirit. God, I need a make, I need a do-over. I need you to be real creative with me. Because the me that I am is not working. The Bible says, if, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Or somehow I missed it somewhere. I fell off the wagon somewhere because I was supposed to be new. So now I need you to create in me again a clean heart. And I need you to renew. I need you to both create and renew. Create and renew so that I can be right living. So that I can live a righteous life. So that righteous living becomes a lifestyle for me in 2020. We fail to meet many of the requirements that God expected in 2019. But with the new year comes new beginnings. 
which is why I said on the earlier podcast that when that ball dropped, we should have dropped to our knees, being ever so thankful for yet another opportunity that God did not hold our missed opportunities against us. We should have been dropping at the same time the ball was dropping. Offering up a prayer of thanksgiving. Saying, Lord, I just want to thank you that you kept me here and gave me yet another opportunity. Because I know within myself, I don't have to ask anyone, I know that I had some missed opportunities. And not forgiven was one of them. But you gave me another chance. Remember how January the 1st, 2019 was? That was also a new year. And we cringed and we shuddered and we made resolutions that many of us were unable to attain to. So hence, we start this thing all over again. But let me help shed some light on how to make 2020 different. Before you can become brand new, a brand new you in 2020, you got to know, you got to really know who you are. Ask yourself, kind of make an attempt to define the person that you think you are. Because what you said, when the ball dropped, you said, huh, I'm going to be a brand new me. All things new. But here's the thing. Do you know who you are? Who is this brand new me? Who is the me? You thought you knew you in 2019. But it turned out that you really didn't. And the reason I say you thought you knew who you were in 2019, because you find yourself doing and behaving the same thing you did in 2018. So let's not do that again. Let's find out for sure who you really are. Ask God, God, who am I? Where am I going? What is it that I'm supposed to do? So you got to know yourself and then be true to who God says that you are. I don't mean who people say that you are. I don't care what your mother or your grandmother said you are. How did your Heavenly Father define you? What did He say about you? You see, today, you must give yourself permission to stop living in the definition of what people say you are. This year, starting today, you've got to give yourself permission to stop living in the definition 
of what people say you are. And begin to allow yourself to latch on to being the person that God says you are. And if you don't remember what God said about you, then ask him again and again and again until you can finally believe and accept what he says. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. He said, I've got thoughts about you. And my thoughts about you are good. They're thoughts of peace, not of evil, nothing bad. I'm not thinking bad things about you because I created you. And I created you with a hope and a future. So stop asking other people to define who you are. What do you think I'm going to be? Who do you think I am? Stop it. Let's start brand new. And again, I say, today, January the 1st, 2020, give yourself permission to stop living in the definition of what people say you are. Because you've bought it. You've owned it. And you're walking in that. But it's hurting you. Because you are lost. In 2019, you thought you had a good handle on who you are, who you were, and where you were going. But then, as soon as calamity hit, as soon as unrest hit, as soon as confusion eased in on you, you forgot yet again. Listen, God has called you, children of God, to be more than a conqueror through him. But you keep forgetting that he created you with a hope and a future. Tell yourself, I have a hope and I have a future because that's how he created me to be. That's what he created me to have. That's what he created me to look forward to. A hope, ah, Jesus, and a future. I'm speaking this into your life right now. You have something to look forward to. A hope and a future. Take a listen to Psalm 139. Verse 13 and 15. And then I'm, I'm going to read 16 through 17. Psalm 139. Verse 13 and 15. And then I'm going to read 16 through 17. I'll give you a minute to find it. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. That's how much he knows about you. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, which means unformed. And in thy book, all my members were written, 
which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Listen, who can know you like that when you were barely a substance? When you were only substance? Who can know substance other than God? He says, don't you dare run to somebody else to ask them to know you, to define you. I know you. I knew you when you were just substance matter. Not even form yet. I know you. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. You should have dropped last night and said, God, I thank you that you know me. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you that you love me in spite of me. Say this to yourself. I do have your attributes, God. I have your attributes. God, you have, you and you alone, have all knowledge of me. You knew me before I was formed. And you know my end from my beginning. God is the only one that has all knowledge of you. He is the only one that knows where you're going in this world. When you're going. And how you're going. He has a plan for your future. There's no one that has that kind of knowledge of you. So therefore, if you really want to know who you are, you need to run to him. You need to seek his face. You need to seek his wisdom. Seek his will. So in 2020, purpose in your heart to surrender to God's will about you. I'm going to read you just a little bit about a news article. Earlier I said to you that I want you all to go back and revisit some of the podcasts. And one of the podcasts that I want you to revisit was the one on Welcome Children of God. That particular podcast talks a little bit about my life and how I got started. That was a real news article that I talked about in in, in that particular podcast. This was a real news article in a real town, my hometown, very small. This article, and many like it, was always a reminder of what others thought about me. 
but it was far from what my grandmother taught me to be. And I chose to believe and accept what she said about me. Here's how the article reads. Some of you probably remember it from before. It says, there were two old niggers walking along the road at night. One nigger fell in the ditch. The other nigger got scared because he heard a noise behind him. And that nigger ran for his life, running and hollering, running and hollering. Run, nigger, run. That nigger left the other nigger to be killed in the ditch. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Now, when my grandmother had me read it as a little girl, I remember thinking, wow, that was a whole lot of nigger talk right there. But my grandmother instilled, keyword, instilled in me that I was a beautiful black girl with a hope and a future, not a nigger. Many people thought that James Brown coined that phrase, I'm black and I'm proud. But I'm here to tell you today that he didn't. A lady by the name of Rosie Jones coined it for me. And I've never stopped believing it. And I've never stopped living it. You've got to know who you are. And if you were not told early on who you were, then get before God and say, God, tell me again. Tell it to me again. Tell it to me until I can believe it and accept it. You tell me, you define me, tell me who I am. See, more than the year being new, the new has to be in you on purpose. The newness in you has to be more than lip service. Because we got a lot of lip service. It has to be more than a Sunday performance. It has to be a lifestyle. The thing that has hurt us the most is that we just perform on Sundays. When we have our church clothes on. But come Monday morning, we forget who we are. We forget everything that we preached about. Everything that we sang about. We forget what we prayed about. So I'm going to suggest a few things to you to help you in 2020. Number one, well, actually number two, because the first one was find out from God who you are. Number two, remove. And again, I say remove all the scripture, all that scripture that's posted and plastered on every wall in your house. Plastered on your books, plastered on your dishes, plastered on your comforters, on your rugs, on the door, inside of the door and outside of the door. Take those same scriptures and allow God to write them on the tables of your heart, your heart, so that you can live the scripture and not decorate your house with them. 
Now, do I need to repeat that again? Get rid of them. Get, them. get rid of those things that's on your floor, on your comforter, on your walls, on your dishes, on your glasses that you drink out of. Put them in your heart. Put them in your heart. That's where they're supposed to be, in your heart. Because the scriptures in your heart causes you to develop a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. And remember I said the scriptures in your heart causes you to develop a personal, real relationship with your Lord and Savior. The scriptures in your heart will allow God to become the lover of your soul. And if God is the lover of your soul, then you won't have to have so many other lovers. Do the humility test and see where you are in the only eyes that matter. Assess your losses that you had in 2019. Look at the things that were taken from you. Look at all the things that you lost last year. And remember that many of those things that you lost were done just to humble you. God was not trying to hurt you. Remember how you thought so highly of yourself? More highly than you should have? Remember how you credited hard work and your education and all your contacts for your success? And you didn't even mention God? Well, in 2020, God is saying, if you want to attain and retain success, you need to give me my glory. Remember how he had to bring you low in 2019? Again, I say, excuse me, not to humiliate you. But that was the only way to get you to look up. To remember where your success came from. He said in the Old Testament that he's a jealous God. He said that he would not have any other God before him. Well, he's still saying the same thing. In 2020, he's still saying the same thing. He said it last year and he's saying it this year. He created us. For his glory. We are not our own. We have been bought. With a price. And that price. Was the precious. The precious. The precious. Shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now. Many of you probably don't even believe in that. All I can say to that is shame on you. Woe unto you. In the past 10 years, the past decade, you leaped for your healing. You turned seven times for your healing. People who were not even anointed to prophesy were directed to turn to you eyeball to eyeball and declare your healing. And guess what? You allowed them to do that. And you allowed them to do that foolishness. So preferably in 2020, you will have some boldness about yourself and you will say, "Um, 
Don't turn to me, please. Thank you so much. Let me turn to God. In 2020, give yourself permission to receive God's healing the way he wants to give it to you and how he wants to give it to you. In 2020, this year, allow yourself, give yourself permission. Don't be anxious, but give yourself permission to receive God's healing the way he wants to give it to you. Ask God, pray this, ask God to help you to be all right with his method of correction. Allow yourself to receive God's method of how he wants to correct you. See, sometimes, most of the times, trials and tribulations comes in different ways. And they come to work various things in you and I. Trials and tribulations. Sickness being one of them. Pain being one of them. But they come to help us, to work something in us. So you've got to be all right with God's method of how he wants to do it, how he chooses to draw you closer to him, how he chooses to humble you, how he chooses to teach you and I how to trust him. God knows what's best for you. He is the one that has the plan for your life, not the pastor, not the preacher, the prophet, teacher, evangelist, and for sure, not the stranger sitting beside you who's about to prophesy into your life, eyeball to eyeball, who's not even sure whether or not they are saved or not. They're not sure about their own salvation. Actually, Many of them are not even sure they even believe what they were just coerced into doing. A lot of times they're looking at the pastor like, prophesy what? I'm not a prophet. So in 2020, stop allowing little gods to reverse, to rebuke and to renounce what God has divinely allowed to happen in your life. God knows what he's doing. He knows what it takes to correct you, to teach you, to draw you. He knows. So get other people out of God's business on your behalf. I'm going to say it again. You get other people out of God's business on your behalf. But here's the thing. If you will stop crying... And complaining to your pastor and anybody who will listen, you would not always be the poster child for healing and deliverance. I'm going to say it. I'm going to repeat it. If you would stop crying and complaining to your pastor and anybody who will listen, you would not always be the poster child for healing and deliverance. Every time there's a high service. So fix your face. 
Do your work on your knees, yourself. Stop making your creator the last person to ask for help. Make him your only source. In in 2020, starting today, make him your only source. Understand, children of God, it's not about the new year. It's about you being new in the year. It's about you and I being new in the year. Years come and go. But you've got to be new. You've got to be different in the new year. That's why you got to say, God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. If you forget it, ask him again and again and again. In 2019, you forgot about your first love, Jesus Christ. In 2019, you made yourself busy doing a whole lot of stuff. Stuff that had no eternal weight in the sight of God. Meaningless senseless seminars, meaningless conferences, programs, establishing ministries that were less than spiritual, outings and retreats. You did a lot of stuff. Yet no souls were won to Christ. If you count on your one hand how many souls were won to Christ, with all of that stuff that was being done, you would feel very ashamed. In fact, making the invitation to accept Christ was not even mentioned in most of these things. Most of your outings and retreats and all those things, ask yourself how many times did I even offer Christ? You spend a lot of time In 2019, cleaning up messes that came from decisions that you made without Christ being at the center of all of it. Questions to ask yourself. How often did you play at church in 2019? How often did you display a form of godliness but was denying the power of God? See, busy work is a form of godliness. Working at unassigned, unimportant assignments is a form of godliness. If he calls you today, will he say to you, my good and faithful servant? What do you think? So, how do you fix you for the journey in 2020, because you're in it now. You're in it. Number one, seek God. Seek God's face. The same way you seek for higher education, even though going back to school has caused you great stress and it's throwing you into bad health, 
even when you were way past the ages of easy mind retention, you still fought to seek for more education. You still fought to seek and to get your degree. It was not enough to be called pastor. You wanted to be called bishop because you craved that title of the doctor. You fought hard so you could become doctor of divinity. And you were going to attain that thing by any means necessary. Even if they had to transport you by way of a wheelchair, you were going to make sure you got your PhD so that you could be called doctor. In 2020, how do you prepare for your journey? Seek God by any means necessary. Invest in him and get some eternal dividends. Make seeking God a lifestyle. How do you do it? Seek to understand who you are in the Lord and what he expects from you. Romans 6.16 says this, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are, to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, you choose, but choose differently than you did in 2019. Listen, because we are bought with the price, we as believers are not free to just do whatever we want. But we are free to do what is consistent with the attributes of our Heavenly Father. Make sure in 2020 that you are converted for real. Conversion requires a total commitment to Christ. Charge your own self this year to become totally dedicated to the will of God. Not the will and desire of your flesh, but to the will of God. God's will is his purpose for your life. God's will. What is God's will for me? His will is his purpose for your life. That you become totally dedicated to whatever his will is concerning you. Dedication to God requires that you surrender yourself to his guidance, to his leading, In all of your life decisions, God is at the center of it. Romans 12, 1 through 2, read that. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's how you do it. 
So what are you willing to do differently this year than you did last year? God expects you to be in an established church. He, accept, he expects you to be in a sheep-shepherd relationship where you can be fed and nurtured and made capable of making disciples for his kingdom. God expects you to be obedient to those that he places in leadership over you. Last year, you were pretty unruly in 2019. You walked in disobedience and you despised leadership. You sowed discord in the house of God in 2019. Remember, that's one of the deadly sins that he hates. Last year, you sought out the recognition and honorable mention for whatever you did. Don't do it this year. It's time to wake up and begin to have a sweet communion with your Lord and Savior. Do it until it becomes a lifestyle. This is the making of true fellowship with the Father. Begin it now and continue it for the rest of your life. God bless you. Happy New Year to you. I am the storyteller.